0: Welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 125. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope y'all are enjoying the most recent episodes. I feel like it's been really, really fun podcasting lately. I mean, it always is, but I've had some really great guests and today, you know, I just so happen to have another amazing guest. So our special guest today is Anat Perry. She is the CEO and founder of Training Camp for the Soul and renowned creator and master facilitator of the TCS method. With her 18 years of experience in developmental work and years of study as a trauma-informed coach, Anat has beautifully combined mindset, somatic healing, and inner child reparenting to create her unique and massively needed business today. She has helped hundreds of individuals, practitioners, business owners, and their teams through the TCS method and created the kind of change that shapes the future of the world as we know it. Everyone, please welcome Anat to the show. All right, everyone. I have Anat here with me. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Janae. i yeah,
1: excited to be here.
0: Yes, I'm very glad you're here. Um, I would love to kick off. The first question, which is, what are you most excited about that's
1: coming up in your life? What am I most excited about? Um, you know, I, in the past six months have come out of a two year dark tunnel in my business while still running the business, but like knowing that it wanted some change, some shift after eight years of, of of running it the same way, well, kind of the same way, I'd say eight years of being in the role of predominantly the coach, the healer, and dabbling in being the mentor. Um, the clarity I got is that it's time for the role of the mentor to take center stage and for the coach to take more of like, the the back end role. Um, And so I've been running my facilitator training for three years now. And um, this is the first time that I'm like ready to pour more of my energy there into developing more coaches and healers and therapists and leaders with my method. um, Because like, that's the only way I'm going to make a bigger impact in the world. I've impacted thousands of lives. And it's a proven method. So I was like, well, if I want to make a bigger impact, but still have a life (laughs) and have time to also personally, like start a family, all that, then I get to duplicate myself. Mm -hmm. And it's been beautiful in the past three years to see my, uh, my graduates step into leading their own retreat, having their own group programs, um, making a lot of money doing it, getting their clients results. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I have that kicking off in October, and it's the first time that I'm scaling it and have a lot of support around it as well. A lot of um, mentors that have gone through the program. So doing it with, like, first-class experience, yeah.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's really exciting, too, like, kind of getting in the realm and really – I think – being a mentor and being a leader and having that connection with those people right cuz when you teach people something i find that like the connection is really incredible and like being able to share all of your knowledge and like you were saying your program which i would definitely like to get into your method a little bit cuz i know we talked or i mentioned it in the intro but i think it's a really powerful thing when you connect that way with people and you're able to just teach them all this new stuff so yeah, let's let's get into what your method is a little bit and you know what people can expect if they work with you.
1: Yeah. So, um hmm, gosh, how to summarize my method? Well, it's a <laughs> comprehensive approach to body mind healing. And you know, I've been facilitating it for 8 years. I've been in this space for 18 and so I know and believe that um People need both the understanding of the body and the mind and how they work cohesively together to create the deepest lasting change. And so, the method called CCS method is the process of taking clients through what I've created as the five stages of healing uh, while utilizing pillars of safety body-mind connection, nervous system regulation, and inner child reparenting techniques. So very comprehensive, and it's um, a culmination of uh, years of training and thousands and thousands of reps that led me to develop it. Wow. That's really, really incredible.
0: Now, through like maybe your journey um, you know, of, of doing all of this work and learning, I'm, I'm sure you've learned so many new things. Um, what would you say? So you said the five stages of healing, and obviously one mm-hmm. of our topics today is going to be about healing the inner child. And I kind of want to know more about maybe like if someone has never heard of that or they're like, Oh, what is that? Could you like describe kind of what healing your inner child means?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So to me, first, like, inner child is also your emotions, and therefore, it's also your energy, which means it's part of you, and to me, healing, like, somatic healing, healing of, like, our wholeness is learning to love and accept all these parts, and so... We could call it heart, we could call it energy, we could call it emotions, and I prefer to call it really the inner child, and thinking of that inner child as a puzzle, right? And the puzzle was formed by your childhood, by what you learned from mom and dad, by what you experienced, by what they modeled to you. By unfortunately, you know, challenging experiences, traumatic experiences, moments where you needed to go into survival mode. And so some of these parts are easy for us to love. And some of these parts we struggle with, we struggle accepting. And so we're walking around not whole, not healed not integrated as one, right, with ourselves. And so the inner child is that younger version of yourself that got stunted in certain ways. And now you get to learn to reparent that child mm-hmm. in ways that mom and dad didn't model couldn't model for you and so instead of being stuck in what you inherited or stuck in the the experiences that happened and the survival mechanisms that you created to survive that instead of being stuck in that script playing that out over and over and over again you get to re You get to rewrite. You get to give yourself a second chance to evaluate each of those parts of you and learn to love those parts and learn how to find acceptance in it. And therefore, like, get past where we're normally stuck and be able to know that, like, oh, I can really create from here and that and to find resiliency and strength in these parts that in the past we might reject yeah wow no that that was a beautiful
0: a beautiful definition of that and I think too like yeah everyone goes through different experiences different child childhoods you know mom and dad maybe it was a grandparent that raised them I think there's so many different situations that people go through and I think too like I kind of think about my life in like different sections and like almost like a different world and a different life. Like when I think of my childhood, I'm like, wow, like that feels like so long ago, but there's some things that really will come up for me. And I know so many of my other friends definitely go through this too. And just like really kind of looking inward and being like, okay, well, what do I need, you know, to heal or to, like you said, accept. And I think that the word accept is, I think, a very, very strong word that some people, like, it's so hard for them to comprehend, like, what that means to really, truly accept themselves.
1: I love that you said that, because that is stage two of my five stages of healing, Mm -hmm. and we can really (laughs) delve into what that, like, yeah, like, I could really give it a whole world and context, but before I do that, I want to mention something that you said that, yes, some of us might have been influenced or raised by other people or grandparents and there is a connection that a child has to its creators mom and dad that cannot uh be replaced by somebody else there's a role that mom plays that is innate like that that is that that happens organically Um, and there's a role that dad plays and I could get into what those are and it's not so much did you have a good childhood or not because I've had many clients that will say oh I had a great childhood mom Mm. and dad were amazing they loved me so much we had fun together it's not about that it doesn't have to look like you know, a broken home or um, uh, dysfunctional in like a traumatic way. It's subtle. There's so many subtle ways that we did not get the level of childhood development that we needed in order to function at our highest now as adults. So think of mom and dad as your teachers and they're responsible for teaching you certain subjects doesn't mean they're a bad person but you're inheriting a lot of their ways as well so in my in my signature program in my foundational program which is open to anyone who wants healing we're looking at what you learned from mom and dad in the areas of your needs and wants like you're, you expressing your need and want, but you also knowing how to give yourself your needs and wants, limits and boundaries with yourself and others, um, connections to yourself, connection to others, your ability to be authentic and mature and have good self-esteem. So, you know, mom could have been amazing, but mom's pattern might have been to always be, Busy, busy, busy running around the house, taking care of everything and everyone but herself. Yes. And you would be like, I had the best mom ever. Mom did everything for me. And you're like, woohoo. And what you might have learned from that is to always put others first.
0: Yes. Oh my God, I couldn't. And
1: not take care of your own needs. And so it's subtle that way, where if someone just looks at and says, Well, I, I had a great childhood. So I don't need inner child healing. It's like, no, no, no. This is about looking at how well can you function as an adult when it comes to taking care of your needs and wants, expressing and allowing others to support you in your needs and wants. Boundaries, connection, right? I'm repeating myself here, but you get it. And so it's subtle. And, you know, what mom represents is everything related to the self. And I can explain why if your audience would want that and dad represents others in the world and Mm. so there's if there's if you were raised by grandma there's a gap there you know the child does not see grandma as an extension of self she sees grandma as grandma and grandma's great we love grandma and thank god for grandma over some random babysitter that doesn't give a crap (laughs) but grandma can teach you a lot of good things um but you're still going to be looking at mom for how to be in the world how to treat yourself how to talk to yourself how to see yourself and so if mom's never around you may think like you know um you may feel abandoned you may feel mm-hmm. unable to know how to give yourself what you need because mm-hmm. mom wasn't there to give you what you need you learned to get it from someone else So it's deep, there's layers, but nobody can tell me that they're like squeaky clean. (laughs) And some of us, you know, are more blessed than others.
0: Yeah, this is so intriguing to me. And I think what you were saying about like what your wants and needs are. And I love when you said like how you, how well you function as an adult. It's like, this is make, it makes sense to me. And I think it's, it's really, it's really intriguing because I think that a lot of people and this might sound rude, but I'm going to say it. A lot of people I think are not very self-aware of this and just like self-awareness in general. I think a lot of people overlook it. They're on autopilot. I find that I always try to, you know, I talk about this on my podcast all the time of when you're go, 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 you're an autopilot and you're just, you do the same thing every single day. And then you're like, holy shit. Like, and then you stop for a second and you're like, have I like taking care of myself? When is the last time I like did something for myself or like self-love, self-care, like all of the things that, you know, just doing something simple for yourself. Like I think a lot of people lack that reflection period. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important part of this too is like, well, how well do I function as an adult? And kind of asking yourself some of these really, really important questions, which I really enjoy. just thinking about. And I'm, I'm kind of curious about, you know, when someone comes to you and, and you said something um, earlier about, well, someone says, Oh, well, I, I had a great childhood. Like I don't really need to heal my inner child is, does everyone and should everyone heal their inner inner child?
1: Yes. Cause it's not about, it's hard when we hear these words, Healing, we think, well, you must be broken or have something to fix, and it's actually nothing. Really, what it is, if I were to give it another word, is increasing your capacity to handle more, right? Again, take the word inner child out, replace it with emotion, replace it with energy. Increasing your capacity to handle more emotion, increasing your capacity to handle um, more energy, whether it's your own energy that sometimes may get heightened uh, or it's other people's, same thing with emotions. And so unfortunately, you know, we're creatures of comfort. And so most people are not seeking growth and healing, quote unquote, until something triggers it until they have a breakdown in their life and that's okay it's just who we are we like we'll just stay in the comfort bubble until something pokes at us um but it's not about it's also like it's not about healing it's not oh I'm healed I'm good or once I heal this part or I fix this which I see a lot in the coaching industry with coaches that Um, work with their clients they're working on the problem instead of what's at the root of it and how do I support my clients in strengthening their resiliency their capacity with it which goes back to acceptance in a second but it's the like it's not about fixing it's about expanding because I'm 43 and life doesn't get easier and I've been in this space for 18 years it's not I shouldn't say easier life doesn't stop giving you opportunities for growth and challenges Mm. you know when you're single it's all about oh my god how do I get that you know how do I have how do I meet that guy how do I be a person that is vulnerable and confident and then you meet the person And you start dating, and then it's like, okay, how do we stay together and not kill each other? (laughs) How do we grow together? And then you get married, and then it's like, okay, how do we really come together as one union? And so at every level, there's a depth, right? Every every level, there's an opportunity for growth. When you have kids, I don't have kids yet, but that brings up new challenges. And, you know, when, when you deal with, with illnesses or loss of a family member. So there's going to be something and your, your script, your, your, your mode of operation, right? Like your operating system right now is on autopilot. As you said, meaning it's programmed. Yes. But is it programmed from childhood or is it programmed now because you've taken a look at it and said, hmm, this needs an upgrade. This gets to be changed. You know, this gets to be accepted. Because certain things will be dormant. It's like, um, you know, when you get a new computer and they give you all these apps at the bottom. And some of them you never use for years. And then suddenly you use it. <laughs> yeah. For the very first time, you're like, oh, keynote, never used that before, but now I have a use for that. So there's parts of us that are dormant Mm -hmm. and that maybe you've made it as far as you've made it now, been like, oh, I'm good. And then suddenly you have kids, and then boom, all these dormant ways of being behaviors come to the surface and play out so are you waiting for that do you want to be reactive or do you want to be proactive and so what i guide and have been guiding clients through for eight years now is let's be proactive let's go to the garden let's identify the weeds that are obvious and you know obviously we'll start with the things that are triggering you now absolutely but let's also get curious as to what did you learn? What did you learn from mom when it comes to needs and wants and connection that may be dormant right now? So that you can really choose if you want to keep that or you want to upgrade it. Wow. This
0: is this is really, I am so intrigued. Um when you were talking about you know, when, you're, when your mom, for example, um, you know, pleased everyone and, you know, made everyone else happy, didn't put herself first. Is there, like, I don't even know how to ask this question, but like that example, obviously, so like, for example, my mom was 100% like that. And so now I'm thinking to myself, I was such, I'm like, I call myself a recovering people pleaser. So I'm like really working on trying not to be like that and really saying no and setting my boundaries and really giving myself that grace like Janae, you do not have to say yes to every single thing and if someone asks you to do something that you're like eh, i don't really feel like doing it it's okay to say no like giving yourself permission to say no so i'm yeah. curious how how can someone kind of break that cycle as you know, they're growing up, as they're maybe learning new things about themselves, how can they break that cycle of like a
1: parent doing that? Yeah, so um, well, it starts with awareness, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have to explore and become aware that you do it. And it depends on what it is, if it's something that's easy, by the way, awareness is stage one, And there's layers to that one, right? Um, It's not only awareness of the trigger, it's awareness of the limiting beliefs and the behaviors and the patterns that keep it stuck there. Um, But becoming aware. And some things are easy to accept. To be like, okay, yeah. And then bring into new practice. And some things have such a protective armor around it that there's so much safety that you find in being a people pleaser that until you know how to source safety in your nervous system, how to strengthen your core in that way, you can't, as much as you mentally may want to let go of that, you can't. Anytime like that part of you that doesn't feel safe gets triggered, that people pleaser is going to come up and so it's not just about saying oh well I'm going to stop this and start doing this right it's usually the deeper stuff that we have to uh reparent that we have to get again on the surface I'm a people pleaser I don't want to be a people pleaser help me <laughs> right someone says comes to you and you're like oh okay and you're like well just set boundaries with people blah 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 and they come you next week and you're like why weren't you successful at doing that because that's just the root i mean the surface problem underneath it there's a lot of roots that we get to explore or there's a deep root that we Mm. get to explore as to the origin of this and what has you hold on to this way of being and that's stage three getting to the root. And then, once that is explored and integrated in the nervous system, and there's room to literally, like my clients feel spaciousness, they feel peace, they feel like there's room for new energy in mm-hmm. them, a new belief, they get to declare what that is. You know, I speak my truth, I say no, right? I honor my no, others honor my no. Others love me no matter what, whatever it is that comes through. And that's stage four, replacing, making sure that we are clearing what's there, but that we're replacing it with a new operate operation manual, right? A new, uh, a new way to be, because otherwise we're gonna default right. to the old. True. And then the most important stage is stage five, which is integration and education and stabilization, right? And this is where lasting transformation happens. Lasting transformation happens in the integration. So your question was, how does someone go from being a people pleaser or whatever it is to really becoming someone else? It's everything else. And then you get to stage five and you spend around on average, depending how big it is, 18 months there. So you want to think of it like a garden. You pull out a weed, you plant a seed, but it's not enough to just plant a seed. You have Mm -hmm. to water it. You have to do the right things, the right actions for it to sprout and germinate. And then it's starts to grow but if a storm came it could definitely knock it off so it's gonna get challenged but 18 months in oh it's solid it's rooted you don't even remember what it's like to be that old person and so Mm. that's what I say like there's so much that needs to go into that part and you know think about it like an actor that wants to learn a new role if they've always played Comedy roles, and now they want to be taken seriously and play a dramatic role. Mm-hmm. You may see them winning the Oscar or watch the movie and be like, wow, I'm impressed. What you don't always see or recognize, well, what you definitely don't see, but you may not even recognize, is the thousands of hours they put in mm-hmm. to practicing that role, to looking in the mirror, to studying the mannerisms of someone that plays that type of role. So this is where integration is full of action and repetition. And this Mm. is where education comes in of, well, you may not know how to act as someone who sets boundaries. So Mm. this is where you can read the book or look for role models in your life and then copy them. Yes, I said copy, copy from the best and then what happens ultimately is it stabilizes it becomes solid and you don't even remember not being that person
0: wow i love these stages and just just the learnings that you're saying it it makes it makes perfect sense um now what is if someone were to like come to you and be like you know i don't know if i have any childhood trauma like things that bothered me what would you say are like some common signs that suggest that someone needs to work on healing yeah
1: energy? yeah so um there's there's a good amount of people that don't have what's considered big T trauma you know that uh they weren't abused or neglected and come from a broken home things like that um and so it may not, they may function pretty well in the world, right? It's They're not in a heightened state, in a hypervigilant state, or shut down all the time. Um, if someone came to me and said that, I would say, awesome. If you feel that there isn't something that's holding you back, that's, that keeps coming to the surface, then My question is, are you living your fullest potential? Are you living out your wildest dreams? And if not, okay, you are ready to come out of your comfort bubble? That's an illusion of comfort because it's not actually your dream life that you desire. It's just comfortable. And I would work with them on like, what's that next edge? And that is the journey I go through with my clients. Yeah, first we're clearing stuff out, but then we're creating and we're dreaming big. And it's like, okay, there's nothing in the way. Great. Then how much bigger do you want to impact the world or, you know, to live out your wildest dreams or to show up as a parent or as a wife, partner, start a business? Like, what is your dream that you want that now you say there's nothing holding you back? okay, now, as soon as you declare this thing, you're going to see the stuff that's holding you back.
0: Interesting. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, like, too, like, like you said earlier, like, acknowledging it. And, and really, I like when you said, like, clearing stuff, up, clearing stuff up to dream big, because I find that a lot of people, I mean, one of the biggest things about maybe not taking that leap of faith, like creating your business, or I don't know, traveling the world is, fear right fear is a big huge factor and why we don't do things and step out of our comfort zone and I think just you know embracing our emotions and really validating those and allowing I've I've done a lot of podcasts with folks that also talk about like um using their emotions to their benefit and really being able to really just be able to say, okay, I am feeling really, really angry and upset right now. And I'm just going to give myself permission to feel this feeling and and maybe get it out, but also not being mad at myself for feeling that way and allowing exactly. it to happen and, and using it to our benefit. So I kind of think this co- coincides with that a little bit too. And just, yeah, living, like you said, living out your fullest potential and really being able to do whatever it is that you want to do in life. Because I find that Yeah, fear holds us back a lot. And that's something that I think that probably coincides with this as well.
1: A hundred percent. I call it, you know, this is training for you to become an energetic Jedi. That Mm. no matter what life hands you, you can be with it. And what is It It is an emotion. Like, life hands us stuff and we are experiencing in response to it through our energy, through our emotions. And so the more, the better you get at being with all these emotions, the more of life you can handle, the bigger game that you can play in life. So yeah, and it's not about like you said, and this is again, acceptance is not about changing or fixing. It's about learning to deeply be with it with nothing to change or fix with Mm -hmm. love, compassion, and curiosity. Yeah. So even like, there's so much where we're programmed to like, Oh, but I still feel this thing. Like I had a client that's like, I'm still feeling this thing in my chest. Like, and I'm sitting there and I'm doing my breath work and my meditation, but it doesn't go away. I'm like, yeah. because basically what you're telling me is that you're doing these things in order to fix this thing. So it goes away. He's like, yeah, like instead of learning to let it be there and marry that energy and allow it and observe it, not with judgment, like it's wrong because it has this label of pain or fear, but observe it from curiosity, love and compassion, curiosity, love and compassion. And what it does then is it your nervous system says, oh, this isn't a threat to me. This is more, this is, this is okay. Oh, okay. Now then I can integrate. I, I, I can, I can expand with it. And it's, I'm telling you that stage, like acceptance, there's certain people that the amount of time that it takes for them to, to get to that point. I had a client that <clears throat> lost his father when he was four. His father was murdered. Mm-hmm. And he was, by the time he worked with me, he was in his early 50s. And he had spent years doing so much plant medicine and his experience, that experience to get rid of the pain in his chest. Mm-hmm. This heartache. Of course. Boy losing daddy at four years old. I could imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had him be with it and be with it and be with it. And I just kept granting him more permission to be with it and get curious and love it and accept it and keep being with with it. And I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes into it, he experienced ecstasy. And he said to me, I never thought something like this could feel so good. And, you know, uh, Joseph jo- Joseph Campbell said it, bliss is any feeling felt all the way through. And that's what he got to experience. He got to experience that underneath that heartache was just so much love for his daddy. And he got to reconnect to that, to the love that's underneath it and to stop trying to fix it but it changed form for him it became the amount that I love my dad and so that's an example of acceptance and it's a journey the certain parts yeah it's gonna take a while for you to be able to accept it because accepting it means you're gonna have to really feel it in a way that you haven't felt before and that way is Without wanting to fix it with love and compassion and curiosity. And so the most work happens there in like stage two and stage three. And I'd say this is where people get stuck. This is what coaches a lot of times skip. They don't know how to facilitate this. And this is where your clients need the most uh, spotting. You know, when you yeah. spot someone at the gym because it's yeah. a heavy weight, this is where people need spotting until they're strong enough to lift it. And so a lot of times if there's something really big, I like calling it the mothership, right? It's like the mothership in your computer system here. And I'm like, let's start with the smaller bugs that are so that you can start to build that muscle yeah. for recognizing what it's like to accept, you know, these other little parts building yourself up before we go to lift this heavy weight so but that's uh that's how i would explain acceptance wow that's so powerful and
0: yeah i i loved hearing that story about your client too and yeah just like reframing our minds. sometimes it's so hard because where you just think you know in one way for so so long and then when someone comes to you and says well how about we think about it in this way and try these things? And you know what I mean? Like sometimes I think that you just need that person like you to just be able to be like, okay, we're going to think about it in this way. And we're going to take these steps and really deep dive into them. Like it, it might not be comfortable, but that's what it's all about is like you said, getting out of your comfort zone. I think being uncomfortable is so important and so like overlooked like it should be something that you know it's not comfortable but it's going to get you to that next level
1: I think well it's on un- it's uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar right so it depends some people there's something called post-traumatic growth I was actually interviewed for a documentary yes. that that will come out in the next year or so about post-traumatic growth and where certain people because They grew up in a challenging environment, have more resiliency, more capacity to be with that sensation that for other people, they might say, I'm uncomfortable. But for someone else, it's like, what are you talking about? This is home. This is second nature. And so what we all get to do is, again, build our capacity to be with what is unfamiliar that we call uncomfortable. It's what? that that word uncomfortable <clears throat> gives people like a get out of jail free card from feeling their emotion. So I recommend that people start saying, stop saying I'm uncomfortable and start saying I'm I'm in unfamiliar territory. Oh, like and that. therefore I'm in unfamiliar experience with myself. So I'm going to get curious and I'm going to explore this part of myself with love and compassion because I am loved. (laughs) Like I need to, and I need to have compassion for myself if I'm going to reparent this part. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, actually one of our listener questions is how to break the cycle when you become a parent so this is one of my, one of my um, listeners that is a mother to three children. So she was wondering, like, how can I break a cycle of my childhood, um, Mm -hmm. you know, trauma issues with my children? So I don't know if you. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, very common, very common for us when we become uh, parents. um, And we don't want, And we know we had challenges in our childhood. The first thing that comes up for us is like, I don't want to end up like my mom. I don't want to do that to my child. And so we're coming from what we don't want to be, which is normal. Like again, in our society, we're in survival. Most people are operating in survival. I need to make sure that XYZ doesn't happen, which means they're not in creation i want xyz to i want abc to happen they are not in that they're in survival mode so first and foremost as a parent you get to reparent yourself you need to complete all that you need to take your nervous system which is still wired for survival and wired for everything that it inherited and you need to bring the unconscious the autopilot to the big screen you need to take that mm-hmm. script out of the drawer you know put in that tape and revisit and understand yourself you need to explore and understand yourself um and i know they understand this part that they don't want to be like mom or they don't want to be like that mm-hmm. i know they understand that but understanding it, it doesn't matter Unconsciously, the programming is going to kick in because your operating system is programmed. Mm. So, you have to reprogram it. You have to be willing to take time to reparent for this woman who has three kids. Your I'm going to introduce you to your fourth child, yourself, your inner child. Yes. You reparent that child, you will have such an easy time with your or easier time with your kids I always tell my clients who are parents I'm like this is a course that's going to make you a better parent and those of you that aren't parents yet this is going to prepare you to be more efficient better parents Um, so yeah so it starts with you unfortunately unfortunately (laughs) yeah no I think
0: yeah that's It's important to do that. And I think too, like when you have, I mean, I don't have children, but I just hear this all the time of like, Oh, well I always have to put the kids first. I always have to put the kids first, but it's like, if you're, and this is also something I keep saying, but I always say you should put yourself first because if you're not whole and put together and your glass is full, how are you going to give to your relationship? How are you going to give that to your kid? You get to yeah. you gotta take care of yourself because they see yeah. that. Your kids exactly. will see that. You
1: know. Exactly. And so it's it's a lack of understanding of yes. what your role as a parent is in developing that child and preparing them to be functional adults. Yes. So when you think of, oh, but what the child needs now is they need me all the time, you're only thinking of how do I take care of that child right now? You're not Mm -hmm. getting the full scope of your role, which is actually to equip them and develop them and give them everything they need so that they can be functional adults. Mm -hmm. And so through my work, through my modules, yeah, they get, they start to learn and understand the context like what you just spoke into right now, which is like, oh, no, no, I have to put my kids first. And it's like, okay, so if you just put your kids first, just so you know, they're looking at you as the role model for what's possible for themselves with themselves. So They may learn from you that their own needs don't matter, even though mom gave to them. They may not know how to give to themselves. Is that what you want to teach them? No. Okay, then get what you're modeling to them, not just with your actions, But with your words and your own energy, if you are exhausted, depleted, frustrated, they're feeling that they're learning from your energy. There's so much that we inherently that we pass on to our kids um, that we don't realize that it's not enough to. Like, say one thing, but act a different way. That's another one where parents are like, you know, well, I just teach my kids. I tell them all these things to do, but then they watch me doing the opposite and now they're really confused.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is, yeah. Being a role model and setting by example. I mean, as as simple as that that phrase is, it's like so, so, so important. Um, Yeah, and a lot of
1: times um, if they, like, like this, this particular person, if they say, you know, I, I, I need to put my kids first, I need to do everything for them, They, it could be that they are choosing to do the opposite of what was there for them, thinking that that's what their kids need. And whether we copy or we rebel, um, it's still not authentically us. And so if mom was never around and you're just like, I'm not going to be like my mom, I'm going to be totally available for my kids a hundred percent all the time. That's not it either. That's not it either. So it's not a fix thing. It's not a, I'm going to fix it by being this. It's a loving, it's, an, it's a learning how to mother yourself and father yourself in the way that you always wanted, but never always needed, but never got. And so it's not, Uh, this to that it's an understanding from experiencing it when you experience reparenting yourself like like giving yourself what you never got for mom you'll understand more of how to mother your child interesting yeah wow
0: um yeah this kind of leads me a little bit to my my other listener question which is um, is there exercises or activities that you recommend um, to help heal my inner child? I know you said breath work earlier, but maybe hmm. we can help with this, with a <laughs> Yeah, bit.
1: yeah so visual so there's a there's there's a, there's a bunch of things um first and foremost, making sure that you get grounded into uh, that you're grounded, that your nervous system, your energy feels, presence. You're not in a heightened state. And so when I say breath work, I mean, do some box breathing, you know, inhale for four, hold for four. Exhale for four, hold for four. Do some humming. Do some tapping on your chest. All these things that help, uh, you know, press behind your neck, like do some things to help down regulate your nervous system. So that you can be present in your body. And how you'll know a lot of times, believe it or not, is you'll start to yawn. You'll do these things and you'll start to yawn because your body's really your nervous system is releasing energy coming down from a busy day. Mm. I mean, if I did it with you right now, believe me, I'd start yawning without (laughs) a doubt. Because obviously being interviewed on a podcast, there's a level of heightened energy that I have right now. Mm so starting with that and then noticing what's coming up in your body that you might label as good or bad and get away from the label like i'm anxious or i'm i'm scared or i'm sad and or i'm horny and happy like whatever it is that's there and Seek to discover where you're feeling it in your body and being with it at the level of sensation. They say anxiety and excitement feel very similar in the body. Heart rate increases. There's a bit of like a whirlwind of energy flowing in the stomach and the chest. Are you walking down the aisle about to get married? Or Mm. did your boss call you into his office? Mm. Right, the context is like, Oh, (laughs) yeah. But the feeling is the same. And so yeah, you may know that like, you're sad, or you're upset, and you know, the reasons why, and you could feed all the stories you want. But ultimately, it's not about fixing the story or telling yourself oh you shouldn't feel that way it doesn't matter what the story is it's about learning to source safety and feel safe with that energy so i don't need to fix this energy that i label as anxiety or excitement i get to learn how to how to ride how to ride the wave think about it like a wave in the ocean like i don't need to figure out is this wave you know, four feet or eight feet. I need to get good at riding the wave. And so riding the wave, feeling the emotion is learning to be with it at the level of sensation. So let's say it's in your chest. Does it have a size? Does it have a shape? A texture, a temperature, a color? Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it moving? Is it still? Get curious hmm. about the energy in all the ways that it's acting. you know when you cut yourself right let's say you're in the kitchen la 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 and you cut your finger hmm. what do you feel
0: throbbing or the blood yeah
1: yeah pain right and ouch pain throbbing I like that word um mm-hmm. and the mind says go put ointments and band-aids. Now, the ointment and band-aid, you know, protects it from getting infection or bleeding all over the place, but that's not actually what's doing the healing. Mm -hmm. What is doing the healing is that, and why is that spot quote-unquote throbbing? Because it's calling for more attention of the rest of you to bring to that part so that the body, the nervous system knows this this area needs attention. It needs integration back into the whole. Yeah. And so same thing. We're not here to fix or put a band-aid on any part of us. We're here just to point to allow ourselves to be with the sensation. You know, a cut doesn't feel pleasant. It feels throbbing. It feels quote unquote pain. and it's by design so that we don't ignore it and bleed to death and die. Hmm. I mean, I'm exaggerating, right? But it could be a big cut, you never know, right? So the thing is that with our emotions, we've learned to dissociate. We've learned to compartmentalize it. We've learned to, yeah, to to gaslight it, to override Mm -hmm. it.
0: Right, right.
1: Tell ourselves that we're fine with it, only for it to come back again a few days later. So we get to bring that same attention to it's okay. I can get curious about these sensations here so mm. that the rest, so that my body, my nervous system actually knows what to do with this energy here that has been rejected by me for so long. Right, And so learning to observe it at the level of felt sensation, nothing to fix, nothing to change. Just being with it, nothing to fix, nothing to change. Staying curious. And a lot of times it'll shift on its own because you're just being with it with love, curiosity, compassion. So that's the second. My third way for you to explore this that handles a lot of the monkey mind which can hijack us at times and hijacks us to the point where we end up feeling worse mm. as opposed to better, right? Something happens and we make a mountain out of a mohill mm. with our mind and we feel even shittier. And then we really want to dissociate from it and numb out and go have the ice cream or the Netflix or whatnot. And so I want you to imagine that anytime you get triggered right? You have a strong emotion that arises for you. I want you to imagine yourself in your sanctuary, whatever your safe space is when you close your eyes, whether that's your bedroom, the bathtub, sitting under a tree in the park, whatever it is. And I want you to imagine your inner child, so your younger self, picturing yourself at like five, six years old, being the part that comes over into your safe space and is the part that says, I'm scared or I'm sad or Tommy didn't want to play with me at the park today. And what does that little one need to hear from you? Because our default is to let the monkey mind take over when we don't hear from when we go on a date and then we don't hear from Tony the next day and we tell ourselves that's because I'm probably not pretty enough or smart enough and he just wasn't attracted to me and like I'm always going to be alone I'm never going to find someone and then you know next thing you know we're eating that bowl of ice cream (laughs) and if you said that right if a child came to you and said You know, Tommy didn't want to play with me at the playground today. And you said, Well, that's because you're stupid and you're just not cool enough. How would that make you feel? Right. Okay. More more upset. So this is where we end up unconsciously fueling more of the experience instead of calming it and nurturing it. Mm -hmm. And so Having that visualization of like, okay, I feel this way. And the part of me that feels this way is this little boy or little girl walking into my sacred space right now. And what do they need? What do they need to hear? What do they need to feel? And I'm going to give them that right now. And that's the like self-soothing, self-love, a part of reparenting without you know, what you would do if you were in my program, which is we're going to specifically explore things and reparent parts of you. But in general, as things arise, how can I reparent and love these parts? Yeah. And noticing what your protectors are. My last tip. What What are the ways that you avoid tending to the inner child? What are the ways that your ego takes over? By the way, your ego is your amigo, okay? <laughs> your ego is your bodyguard. It's the inner child protector that uh-huh. when you, like without your ego, you'd be, you'd be fucked. <laughs> uh-huh. So those of you that think I need to get rid of my ego, no, you just need to give them less of a job to do. So the better you get at tending to your emotions, the less of a role the ego has in stepping in to protect you. Mm. But you want to look at all the ways that your ego protects you. Get curious. What are those ways? Do I turn to food? Do I turn to exercise? Do I turn to sex? Do I shut down? do i you know start talking all in just like soft talk words um you know do i when do, do i do i hide do i do i isolate myself mm. do i abandon myself and call all my friends and expect them to save me I start getting familiar with like when you are not for that inner child that walks into the room, that walks into your sacred space, how will you recognize that? Because it's going to happen so fast. It's going to happen faster than you doing what I said, which is visualizing that little one and giving them what you need. Before you even have a second to do that, your automatic pattern is going to kick in. (laughs) So if you can take note of, oh, this is what it looks like when my Ego shows up as my amigo. Here's all the ways you'll be able to catch yourself going to the kitchen to pull that tub of ice cream and say, Oh, yeah, there's my ego. Oh, indication, I need to go to my sacred space and invite in a conversation with my emotions, with my inner child. And from there, So that's how you'll recognize it a lot quicker. So you guys got to explore in what ways is your ego protecting you? Yeah. Those are my tips. That's it. Give you a lot. No,
0: I love this. And I think too, like, yeah, when you give your inner child something that like you, I always think like, I love to swing on a swing. And I used to love doing that as a kid. And when I do that, it's like, it kind of like ignites something in me and just like really like. It it really makes me happy, and I always think of like those little things. Like think of your actually, um, someone, some celebrity that I follow. She just did a bunch of, she did I don't know this thing, and I think it was Hawaii. I can't remember the name of it. It was like mm-hmm. an inner child retreat. Um, mm-hmm. Hoffman. That was that's what it was called. Have you heard of that?
1: Yeah, the Hoffman Institute. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Okay, so she did that, and she said that she took a like a picture of herself as a kid and put it like somewhere that she always is like at her computer and really like looking. Oh, you have it. Look at that. My screensaver
1: on my iPhone.
0: Yeah. Like putting a photo of yourself from when you were a kid and remembering that's me. What is, what does she need? And I think that that's like a, like such a cool idea too. And like something that I never would have thought of. Um, Yes. Oh my god this was such an incredible episode. I'm so impressed and I just love the work that you're doing and thank you thank you for sharing all of this amazing information. Um we're going to get into our game and then Yay! Kind of plug all your stuff and all that stuff. So
1: little under- not is happy to play a game. So.
0: <laughs> Yay, I love that. I know, I mean kind of me too. I By
1: the game. way, your access to your Creation to everything you want to create, to what your heart desires, mm. is your inner child. And think about it like uh, I'll leave off with this and we'll play the game. When a child is not happy, right? When they're upset, mm. um if you don't let them move through that, they just get more upset. Like they can't just be like, come on, let's go play. They're like, no, I'm <laughs> upset right now. I mean, yeah, you can give them ice cream right? But again, that's where it trains them for that. But when you hold space for them to fully have their tantrum, their experience, first off, they'll move through it in 90 seconds. Yep, they will. <laughs> um, The second they're done with it, they're back playing again. Mm. And if you said to them, hey, are you still upset about what happened? They'd be like, what? Huh? What are you talking about? And so the access to like, Everything that you want to create, you desire, is going to come from you tending to these parts more and more. It's going to free you, it's going to free your voice, it's going to free your heart, it's going to free your desires. And it's going to bring you more into play and pleasure. So, I'm ready to play.
0: That's beautiful. I love that so much. Um, okay, so the first one is, are you an early riser or night owl? Uh,
1: Early riser. Anyway. I, I'm <laughs> like neither. I'm like Dude, fine. I'm like I'm like the fine night owl. I husband night owl. But yeah, I would definitely say more of like I'm normal, but I'm definitely not like six a.m. Nice. Yes, that's, that's totally. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> um, a salad or a sandwich. uh well, if I could have. Uh, if I wasn't worried about gluten and like, you know, processed stuff, I would definitely take the sandwich. <laughs> That's totally fair.
0: <laughs> Love me a good sandwich. Um, take out or dine in?
1: Hmm. Mm. Oh my God. It's up. Okay, dine in.
0: Dine mm. in. Wow. Yeah. Um. Do you prefer the beach or a swimming pool?
1: The beach. The beach. Love it. I had to really think I'm like, depends on the beach. Where is the beach? And I had to think about like my favorite beaches versus a pool. And I'm like, the beach. Think about mm-hmm. your favorite beach. That's it. <laughs> not <laughs> not it, not here. Not San Diego. Not the cold Pacific water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. would you rather give up your favorite food or give up your favorite beverage?
1: Uh would I rather give up my favorite food or my favorite brever- favorite beverage? beverage? Yeah, I would give that up over food, no problem. <laughs> that's a good
0: one. Um, would you rather have a new shirt in your closet every day or a new pair of shoes in your closet once a week?
1: Oh my god, that's so hard. <laughs> of shoes and- Probably, say the shirt or whatever the piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh Online shopping or in person shopping? If so you have to choose,
1: easy online. That online. one's so easy. Online, all the way. Hundred percent. It. Yeah, it
0: so, it's so convenient. It really is.
1: I hate yeah. malls. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, cute little bo- yeah. cute little boutiques. I could handle anything else. Too much. I'm like. Give me, give me the online all day. Yes, I I totally agree.
0: Um, would you rather be a kid forever, like never be able to be an adult, or be an adult forever and never be able to be a kid? Kid.
1: A kid. Love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm a very functioning adult, I'm like, oh, man. Being a kid is the best depends yeah, who, who's raising me <laughs> that's How true functional that's, or dysfunctional are they
0: that's a good point that's a good point um would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything
1: Pardon, ah, eyes,
0: eyes, love it. Yeah, uh, would you rather create a new holiday or create a new day of the week? New holiday, new holiday, love that. Um, unlimited gift card to your favorite restaurant or your favorite clothing store. <clears throat>
1: Restaurant? restaurant. I'm a foodie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got enough feel- clothes. I'm a foodie. Maybe experience over the um, stuff. Yes. Yeah.
0: A restaurant can be such a vibe and it's fun. I love so to I'm try out my favorite
1: restaurant. I'm like,
0: yeah, cars right? every day. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so cool? And <laughs> never right. have to cook for myself.
1: Right. Right. That's yeah.
0: huge. Huge thing. <laughs> Although I love it. Um, ocean or mountains?
1: Ocean. ocean i don't do well in high elevation mm. that's fair <laughs> it's really fair
0: and then the last one is sunrise or sunset
1: sunset mm. sunset sunset yeah i love it oh, i love these they were so fun oh my god I
0: love- I love doing them. I, I swear everyone loves it. And they're like, wow, that was such a nice ending to the podcast. I'm like, well, I'm going to keep doing it because all the people enjoy it. And I do too. So it's fun. It's yeah. fun for me. Yeah. Um, well, this was such a pleasure. I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your incredible insights and all of the things that
1: you've learned. Please let everyone know where they can connect and find you. Yeah. So I am very active on Instagram from the content that I share there. to so just wanting to connect with my audience. So if you follow me, send me a DM or I will DM you. I DM every new follower. I really want to get to know more of like who you are. Um, and then, you know, for more about my my offerings, you can go to trainingcampforthesoul.com.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. It was such an honor
1: speaking with you today yeah you too thank you listeners for tuning in hope it was valuable
0: all right everyone I hope you guys enjoyed this amazing episode with Anat it was so much fun speaking with her about you know healing your inner child and all of the things that are involved with the healing and yeah she just gave so many great tips and tricks and her wonderful advice so I hope you guys enjoyed it connect with her and you know where to connect with me at my naked mindset on all of your social media. You can also email me my naked mindset podcast at gmail.com. Definitely tune in next week for another episode of my naked mindset. Okay, I love you all. Bye.